And welcome to another edition of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here for the Props Network. We are live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube as we are recording. But obviously, you can also get this as a podcast. So, welcome. Let's get into the show. We have a returning guest. Last episode Thursday was Casey Phillips. This episode, the Athletics' Matt Fortuna is going to join us again on the show. And we're not just going to talk college football. That's his beat. He's a national college football writer. And he's going to help me keep from picking a fight with the Fighting Irish. And the fact that they are leaving the ACC, at least in football. Only in football. Only in football. And we're going to talk some NFL. Because he also follows uh, it up a league as well. Doesn't just focus on college football. So I figured, hey, let's get some thoughts from him on, on uh, the Super Bowl. Coming up this Sunday, 6.30 on CBS. I want to start the show talking about this Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff trade. I just don't get it. Something is not right with what's happening here. Now, if you saw a great video uh, right on it, he's on it because Joe Walkowski is a Detroit Lions fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. And he looked at the odds. They went from, you know, he hosts the walk-on here on the Props Network. The odds for the Rams to get to the Super Bowl went from 18 to 1 to 15 to 1. My thing is, I just don't understand the trade. I just don't understand it, and I'll tell you why. Matthew Stafford has been in the National Football League since 2009. It's not all his fault, but as you see with the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs, Everything starts with the quarterback. Even with my Washington football team, it's all about the quarterback. Whatever team you root for, your favorite team, you know it starts with the quarterback. Now, Matthew Stafford can pass the ball. There there were several years that I wanted to have Matthew Stafford as my fantasy quarterback because he can throw the ball. He can score some touchdowns. His best season was in 2011 when he passed for over 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns. After that, if you look at his overall record, he's been, in my mind, average. And yet, just FYI, I still was hoping that the Washington football team might decide to trade for him. But that's mostly because we've got a 37-year-old quarterback in Alex Smith who is coming off of the most horrific injury and recovery and comeback of the year last season, miraculously getting the Washington football team or helping the Washington football team, rather, get to the playoffs. We need a quarterback. We can't go with Hinky. Come on. He was studying at ODU before we just had to grab him. Maybe Kyle Allen will be back. So maybe there's something there. But it isn't anything against Matthew Stafford. That's where I want to go with this as much as trying to um, understand the philosophy of why a team like the Rams would do what they did. 
How many times has Matthew Stafford helped lead his team to the playoffs? Three, since 2009. Three, three times they've been to the playoffs. That's it. And they lost in the first game. They lost in that playoff game. His best season was in 2011. Hello, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Only one season has he ever passed for over 30 touchdowns since that 41 touchdown season. That was 2015. Now, yeah, you could say, okay, well, the team wasn't that great. Or the coach wasn't that great. By the way, before they got Matt Patricia, I believe the Detroit Lions coach before that, why am I forgetting his name? I just had it in my head. They were not in seven. And they said, get out of here. We need a new head coach. Apparently, the quotes that I've read that aren't my sources, that even Matt Stafford said, I'm willing to trade my no-trade clause as long as it's not to the Patriots, where Matt Patricia went back to. So we're talking about three playoff runs for Matthew Stafford in, in his entire career with Detroit. 2011, 2014, and 2016. Then you look at Jared Goff for the Rams. Oh, they've only went to the playoffs. Three of the five seasons that he's been in the league. And I'm not even going to count 2016. You can't count 2016. A rookie quarterback, he wasn't quite there yet. But 2017, 2018, 2020, they went to the playoffs. He has more playoff victories than Matthew Stafford has games. He's been to the Super Bowl. I just don't get it. There's, some, there's something more to what's happening here. Because you gave up everything to get an aging quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who, as you said, okay, he may have some legs left. But if I told you that the year before last, he only played eight games, this year he passed for just over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. I don't consider that a great season. I just don't. Maybe part of you is like, okay, well, Jared Goff, he did hurt his thumb. I don't know. I mean, he came back and helped him beat Seattle. I do know that. I do know that. So I just, there's something else there. You do your own homework. I'm going to do my homework. And I'm going to try to see if there's something there. But we're not going to talk about it Thursday because as a little bit of a tease, we're going to do an Australian Open preview show on Thursday. A lot of tennis talk. A lot of tennis talk. You can join the chat with me here. You're watching on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. We've got the chat up here, ready to go here on Just for Sport. As I watched the Washington Wizards beat the, I was going to say New Jersey, <laughs> Brooklyn Nets yesterday, 
Joe Harris, it was a miraculous win. Two miraculous wins yesterday in the NBA. And then the day before that, Dame Lillard was just ridiculous. He was just ridiculous. But, you know, the Wizards won yesterday. And I'm not going to get all excited about it. I just, I, I don't, I just can't. It was probably the, would you say it was the dumbest play? It certainly wasn't a smart one. Two bad plays by Joe Harris at the end of the game. I think it was, if I remember correctly, is the first time in NBA history that a team down eight with less than 10 seconds to go in the game came back to win the game. Something ridiculous. But I have to hand it to the Washington Wizards. They got it done. A big three by Russell Westbrook. A big three by Bradley Beal before that. And the New Jersey Nets, as I feel like they're playing, like the Brooklyn Nets. It's so up and down. I mean, they scored 100. How do you lose a game when you score 146 points? That's how bad their defense is. And that starts with the head coach, by the way. That starts with the head coach. All right, coming up, we got The Athletics. Matt Fortuna joining us on the show. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, the big playoff game, the biggest championship game probably in all of sports. And he does host a podcast about the Fighting Irish. So I kind of got to ask him about if I'm overreacting to Notre Dame being in and out of the conference. I, I know I am, but I still hate it. All right, but first to read before we bring in Matt Fortune. Thepropsnetwork.com is the place where bets begin. No, the Props Network isn't a sportsbook. It's where smart bettors and new players go before the sportsbook. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. Exclusive sign-up bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparisons for every game, including, of course, the big game in the NFL coming up on Sunday. A visit to thepropsnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering with the best available bonus and getting the biggest possible payout if your bets hit or your bet hits. Maybe you just want to put some money down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know about that one, maybe. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow the Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport and the rest of our Props Network team. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. And joining me now is Matt Fortuna from The Athletic. We're going to talk Super Bowl and Notre Dame college football because that is, after all, what Matt follows. He's passionate about Notre Dame, and he is a national writer for college football. But first, we're going to start with the Super Bowl. We've got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And everything is favored toward the Chiefs. But in my mind, the fact that it's in Tampa, first time ever in history that the host team is playing in their home stadium 
How do you think in any way whatsoever that the Bucks are not favored here? Well, because they're going against the reigning champs. And if you're on that look at that Bucks roster, I know they've got the GOAT under setter, but uh, there's a lot of green players on that team, a lot of players who have not played on the stage before. Uh, in some ways, I almost think being at home for a Super Bowl could be a disadvantage in a normal year where there's just so much chaos going on in your backyard. But here with limited fans, limited media, limited everything, I imagine it's going to be much more like a, a normal home game. So uh, I do see the advantage with Tampa Bay in that regard. But it, I can understand why Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, that dynamic duo, is favored to repeat uh, again this Sunday. Did you ever see in all of your time covering Patrick Mahomes in college that he would be, well, for one, already a Super Bowl champ? But I remember when Andy Reid let Alex Smith go, unfortunately, to the Washington football team. I just didn't expect him to be as good as, as he is. What did you see in him that you could tell his game would, would translate to the National Football League and he's a Super Bowl champion? Nobody saw this, Jay. I mean, if they did, he wouldn't have fallen in the draft. The guy's already worth $500 million and has won a Super Bowl <laughs> and an MVP uh, in his first couple of years in the league. So nobody saw this coming. I mean, he had a losing record at Texas Tech under head coach Cliff Kingsbury who ended up getting hired as the Arizona Cardinals head coach after getting fired from Texas Tech. So nobody saw this coming. I think a lot of people um, kind of look at the Big 12, look down at the Big 12 because they don't play defense in that league and, and every team's putting up 50 or 60 points every week. I think people thought he was a product of the system. No one in their right mind thought he'd be this good this soon. And I guess we're all eating crow right now and for the better because the game's better when you got a guy who can do it all back there the way Patrick Mahomes can, Patrick Mahomes can in Kansas City. Do you see, because what I see is a trend here that everyone is almost making the Bucks the underdog, and yet he had no, and granted part of it was the defense with Tampa Bay too, but he beat Drew Brees, then he beats Aaron Rodgers, first time ever facing him, and now here we go uh, after what? They met in 2019 when the Patriots won, and now here we go again, Patriots, Bucks. Do you think that what happened in a regular season, the fact that the Chiefs crushed the Bucks, will play into this game, or is it a completely different game? And plus, it's the Super Bowl. I think it's a completely different game. I, I think when you look at that Chiefs roster from last year to this year, there's more of a known quantity there. And so you would expect them to kind of take care of business week in and week out in the regular season. Whereas with a team like Tampa, uh, with Tom Brady back there, with them hitting their stride toward the end of the season, I mean, it took them a while there early on in the season to really you know, get, get their bearings and understand each other and hit their stride. I mean, they did not win their division. They've had to do all this on the road so far in the playoffs, and they've won their last two games as road underdogs. So uh, I just think this is a team that has steadily improved and gained confidence week after week. And anytime you can go into Lambeau Field and win a playoff game, that has to do wonders for you uh, as an organization. And so I, I don't think they're coming into this one thinking it's us against the world. I think they think we've got a great quarterback. They've got a great quarterback. Well, let's, you know, draw our guns for lack of a better term and see who comes out as the winner at the end. Do you have a prediction already? in your mind of who you think is going to win this game, if the Chiefs are favored at minus three, who would you take? I, I got to take the underdog because it's such a close game and they have Tom Brady. I mean, you just, it's his 10th rodeo. I mean, you just, <laughs> it's, in, I was in seventh grade when he first won this. I mean, it, it's absurd. LeBron James wasn't even in the NBA at that point. There, you know, there's so many different mile markers you could look at the last time this last time that 
It's absolutely absurd that this guy at the age of 43 who said today he's he wants to play till he's at least 45 is doing this. And if anyone ever thought that the quarterback position was overrated or over scrutinized in sports history, I present to you Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, what he has done for them as an organization on the field, off the field, mentally, physically, just seeing what they've been able to do there in such a short period of time with them is really unbelievable. And so, look, Kansas City is a great team. I won't be surprised if they win. They're favored for a reason. They won it last year. I, I just cannot bet against Tom Brady anymore. I can't. It, it's it's asking me to give away money, and I can't do that. <laughs> Can we do some quick player prop with you? Here we go. Let's do it. Uh, uh, 300 passing yards in a win. You're taking Tom Brady at plus 325. Oh, I guess you just said you think that the Bucks would win, but could you see taking Patrick Mahomes at plus 150? At 300 yards and a win? Yeah. Which yeah, one I, I could see that. I mean, I, I I think it's both quarterbacks are going to sling it. I think there's going to be a lot of passing yards in this game, and you know, depending on what the weather is. But I I, I would bet on the over for both quarterbacks if that's if that's what we're asking here. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, interceptions. We know Tom Brady had three interceptions in the NFC Championship. Uh, Tom Brady over. Point one uh, a half at minus one sixty seven or under a half on interceptions at plus one thirty one. I'll go over. Um, you know, coming off a three pick game, I you know it takes one tip, one you know hit by by a defense alignment to to put things up in the air and up for grabs. I, I would say he, he probably has at least one. Receiving yards, Tyreek Hill over ninety two and a half at minus one twenty five or under ninety two and a half at plus one hundred one. I'll go under. Um, I know he's such a dynamic playmaker, and they don't win the Super Bowl without him last year, but uh, th this Bucks defense is pretty lethal, and I think they're going to come out with a game plan, uh, keep on stopping him, keep on get, keeping him from getting loose. And frankly, you know, for the Chiefs will probably be just fine with that because they have so many weapons elsewhere <laughs> on the field that they're going to get theirs no matter what. But I'll, I'll go under in this case for Tyreek Hill. On the other side, Mike Evans, over 63.5 receiving yards or under at minus 118. I will go over Mike Evans. Um, I, I think Tom Brady and him have developed a great rapport over the course of the season. Um, he's just such a bigger body that you could get him in these one-on-one -on -one situations where it's just going to be hard to outmaneuver him or out-wrestle him to, to go up there and get that ball. Um, I, I'm actually surprised that number is as low as it is. I, I think he's going to go over there. First play, first offensive play from scrimmage will be a pass at minus 124 or a run at plus 100. I'm going pass. It's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I think you're – I want to see a pass. Let me put it that way. So I'll go pass. I'll go for what I'm rooting for. Could you see any trick players, uh, trick play specials here? And let's say um, a player to attempt a pass, including overtime, two and a half, that obviously is not a quarterback, at plus 165 or under two and a half at minus 215. Over. Uh, I'll probably go under two and a half, but – I mean, we got to, with Andy Reid's on the other sideline, you got to define trick play. I mean, Chad <laughs> Henney had a shotgun on fourth and one. That's an easy trick play because no one sees it coming. But I don't know if Vegas will see it the same way. But I'll go under um, with these two guys, knowing how good they are at throwing the football. Okay. Are you going to have any kind of a family virtual get together for the Super Bowl? No, I'm just going to hope my kid goes to sleep in time for kickoff and doesn't wake up in the middle of it like she did last year. <laughs> So uh, thank you very much. Uh, it was fun talking Super Bowl, but we got to get to something serious here as we uh, end this segment. I am annoyed with Notre Dame football.
You too, I, huh? <laughs> yes. I feel like it is just get in the conference or just go away completely. And I know it's a business, but I just don't like how the ACC, because of what I call the play dimmit, Notre Dame knew that they were in a position where it's like, we're not going to be able to compete for a bowl game unless we're in the conference. So ACC, will you please let us in? And we gladly say, yes, come on, join the ACC for a season. Then they're out. Even though I know all the other sports are in the ACC, but isn't it time that Notre Dame just says, fine, we're, we're all in, or I'd rather them just be all out. What's your take? It's funny you bring that up today, February 1st, the start of a new era in the ACC with commissioner Jim Phillips from Northwestern taking over for John Swafford. Um, Look, Notre Dame has all the leverage here right now. I mean, uh, they don't get an ACC network without five games a year from Notre Dame. I mean, no matter where they travel to, they're going to fill the seats. They're going to draw a lot of TV eyeballs. And in the case of this year, when the ACC basically welcomed them home for a year, the ACC got to say they had two teams in the playoff this year, which rarely happens for any conference with Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, I, I think short term, financially, it, it would be better for Notre Dame. Um, they'd be making more money because the ACC would scrap their TV deal, get a new one, and Notre Dame really isn't making all that much on their own from, from NBC. It's more about the prestige of having a national brand, getting able to tra- being able to travel coast to coast year in and year out. I, I just think independence is, is so deeply woven into the fabric of that university that it's such a strong selling point, not just for the football program, but for the University of Notre Dame. And it's going to take something really drastic for them to give that up and essentially regionalize themselves as a a football power in a conference that only plays in one part of the country every year. Uh, So unless the playoff committee or or someone, maybe the ACC, which I don't think they will, but unless someone gives them an ultimatum, I don't think there's much of an appetite in South Bend right now to to, to deviate from the norm, so to speak. Mm Mm-hmm. I, it just seems really odd that, you know, we're we're in this situation where every sport, because you talk about the prestige, but I think of the prestige outside of football, too. And it's just weird to have basketball, swimming, uh, you know, all of the other sports in there as well. But you also mentioned that they don't make as much money as an independent. Does that wouldn't necessarily translate to they would make more money if they were in the ACC? From a media rights standpoint, they're probably making less right now. Um, the The. the the double-edged sword, if you will, if you're Notre Dame, is uh, they have so many bigwig donors. They have so many people uh, who went to that school, who send their kids to that school, who live all over the country, all over the world, really. And that's one of the pl- parts about Notre Dame that I think you know makes it so unique to its to its students and to its alumni is you know you get your freshman year dorm mate, you're going to have a kid from Boston, and a kid from California, and a kid from Tokyo. You're going to have kids from all over the place. And, you know, th- there have been a number of alums who, who, you know, swear by that independence and give so much money every year basically to keep that independence mm. that I just don't know what the long-term damage would be to the brand, so to speak, and to really the alumni base from a donation standpoint if they were to regionalize themselves and join the ACC and play that same group of opponents every year. They're not traveling out to California every year, and they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Uh, again, short term, they'd make a lot more money, and the ACC would love it because the ACC does not have a great TV deal right now, and they would get to scrap it and get a great great new TV deal with a full slate of Notre Dame games uh, to, to sell to, to the other TV networks. I just don't know if the university wants to do that right now and, and give up something that they've cherished for pretty much their entire existence over 100 years now. Yeah. It has been a long time. I still have my Notre Dame, my little mini helmet behind behind me that's on my shelf. I, I lo- it's weird that I just, I don't know, I guess it's like a, a jilted lover. 
I, that's how I feel. Like, it's just, you don't want me. You don't want me. That's how I feel the ACC is. Thank well, you. Man. If, if yeah. they did join a conference, I, I don't think like that Notre Dame hate, right? The people who hate watch them. I don't think that would be as strong either. So those people's money count too, right? You, you, those people's <laughs> eyeballs count too. That's Jane, true. your eyeballs count. So, uh, you know, we, we got to keep up the hate factor while we're at it as well. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a good weekend. You too, buddy. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, that was Matt Fortuna, The Athletic. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I, too, here's my prediction. As I think about the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday at 6.30 on CBS, what's my pick? I'll make it on Sunday morning. I'm not ready to right now. That's it for Just for Sport. Hope you enjoyed this segment with Matt Fortuna. I appreciate him coming on. Thank you very much to him and for everyone that's been listening on the Props Network and watching on our YouTube, Twitch, Facebook channels. Uh, You know what I'm going to say. Ciao for now.